this episode, Pastor George Reynolds preaches the first sermon in our series called Be the Church. This message, entitled I Am the Church, encourages Christians that even if the building is closed, the church will never be stopped because each one of us is the church. Pastor George reminds us that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit and that we each represent Jesus Christ to others through our words and actions. This sermon was originally preached on October 4th, 2020 at Linglestown Life Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the Linglestown Life Podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings and encouraging devotionals to help you deepen your faith. When someone says the word church, I'd be safe to say that 99% of you, myself included, think of a building. So when COVID-19 closed off our access to the building, people started saying, well, the church is closed. Well, the church was never closed. And no one is going to close down the church even into the future. Because, you see, the church building may have been inaccessible for a time, but the church will never be stopped. The church of Jesus Christ will never be stopped. After all, what did Jesus say? He said to the disciples, he said, all the powers of hell, even a global pandemic, will not conquer his church. So the reason that I am confident about the future of the church is because the church was never intended to be about a building. You see, the church is you and the church is me. And I've said this from the beginning of this crisis, that this is a great opportunity for the disciples of Jesus to take the focus off of the building and to put our attention where it belongs, and that is each and every one of us serving as a representative of Jesus in the world. Now, I'm sure that somewhere along the road you have seen one of these signs on the back of a vehicle. How's my driving? Anybody ever actually call one of those phone numbers? I was sort of curious and uh, I actually did some online research and apparently these signs are, are rather effective in making a driver more mindful of their driving habits. Uh, you see, the reason for these signs on trucks is because, you know, the, the companies, they believe that the truck driver's actions on a road have a way of influencing a consumer's buying power. You see, if you think about it, companies have these giant mobile billboards trucks, cars, vans, and they're all emblazoned with their name or with their logo. And so to every company that has one of these vehicles out there with their brand on it, it is important that the brand is well represented by the driver. And these little signs, these little signs have a way of reminding the driver that it's not about him, but it's about the company that that vehicle represents. 
So that leads me to ask you a question this morning. Have you ever thought about how your life is sort of a mobile billboard for Jesus? Have you ever thought about your life as a mobile billboard for Jesus? I know it sounds a little corny and every bit, everything, but, you know, from the way you drive to the way you talk to your work ethic to how you treat other people, how you treat your family, every aspect of your life, everything you say and do tells somebody else about Jesus. And how you behave, what you say, tells people something about who Jesus is. I think that was the message that Paul was trying to communicate in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, when he penned these words. He says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If there's somebody beside you, if there's somebody next to you, look at them and tell them, hey, you are a temple. Okay? Um, you can explain that after they fall down laughing. But anyway, um, let's go on. Uh, there is, there's so much we could talk about what this verse means. Uh, it, it's just jam-packed with important stuff. But today, today I just want to focus on how it fits into a theme that I see that runs uh, consistently throughout, throughout Scripture. And the theme is very simple, and that is that it's God's desire it's God's desire to dwell with his people. It's God's desire to dwell with his people. I mean, look at how it progresses. In the garden, in the book of Genesis, we read about how God was walking with Adam and Eve. He had this intimate relationship. But then once that relationship goes south... Scripture is all about God seeking to restore that personal, face-to-face -face relationship with his creation. So we move on later on in, uh, in Scripture, and we come to the story of how the, the Israelites are coming out of bondage in Egypt. They are moving to the Promised Land, and, and as they are going, God gives some commands to Moses, and one of those commands is to build a tent or a tabernacle, uh, a, a, a temporary dwelling place where God can literally dwell among his people and move with them wherever they go. After it was constructed, uh, every time that the camp picked up and moved, the tabernacle was the first thing that was erected and then the rest of the camp was built around it was a, a visual reminder to the people that God was in their midst, that God was the center of their lives. Now, we move on a little bit further in the Old Testament, and once the Israelites are settled, Solomon builds the very first permanent structure, what we, temp, what we refer to as the temple, and the, still the same principle as the tabernacle, except that this time it didn't move. 
And we're going to talk about that in the last week of this series about how sometimes we make things permanent that God intended to be temporary so that we, uh, we get too fixated on sticking in one place when we should be moving. Anyway, that's for a few weeks from now. Then in, in John's gospel, we read this. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The word, that is God, became flesh. God took on human flesh. He made his dwelling. And that word dwelling is the same word for tabernacle. In other words, God chose to tabernacle among us. He chose to pitch a tent among his people. It's fascinating when we think about the name that is given to Jesus back in the Old Testament. That name, Emmanuel, it means what? It means Emmanuel means God with God us. And so there is this reminder that runs throughout all of scripture that God's desire is to dwell with and among and within his people. And it, and it all goes all the way back to the book of Revelation, the last book of the scripture in Revelation 21.3. John sees a new heaven and a new earth and he hears this loud voice say these words. He says, look, he says, look, God's dwelling place. Listen to that. Did you hear it? God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. What began in a garden where God dwelt face to face with his creation will come to fruition at the end as God once again dwells face to face with his creation. So Paul reminds us of something here um, in 1 Corinthians 3.16 and, uh, and what he reminds us of is that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, dwells in each and every one of us who prof profess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. This is just a mystery that is hard for us to imagine, but, but, but God's Spirit dwells in us when we profess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Um, it's because you and I, therefore, represent God on the earth among people that we dwell with that you and I have to go back to those signs, how's my driving, and we have to be aware of our testimony or our witness in the world in which we live. Now, Paul was later on writing to the same church at Corinth, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, he writes this, he says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, Okay, you are an ambassador, as though God were making his appeal through us. Okay, you and I are God's ambassadors. Uh, an ambassador, if you think about it, is really a representative to another country, to another culture, to another way of life, 
from, from another country. And, and so as, as, uh, as ambassadors for, for God in this world, our responsibility, because the Spirit of God dwells in us, because as Paul talks about here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, because we have been reconciled, made right in our relationship with God, our, our ambassadorship is all about sharing that joy of being reconciled to God with those who are still far away from God. And so it's our, our responsibility as ambassadors to, to reconcile the broken relationships between God and the people that God created in his image. People who do not yet know that they are, that they are really the children of God. Now, when we live in love, when we faithfully represent Jesus to other people in our lives, we're doing this. We're being ambassadors. So I, I say all that because I want to remind you that when we, when we say that the church is never closed, we say that because as long as there is breath in your lungs, you and I, all of us who name the name of Jesus Christ, we are a witness, an ambassador, a representative of Jesus Christ, and ultimately a, a representative of this community of faith. You know, we've oftentimes talked about that little song, I am the church, you are the church, we are the church together. And that is such an important truth for us to remember. The church begins with us. Individually, the church begins with each and every one of us. As we are reconciled to God, God, uh, we're going to talk about this uh, in the next couple of weeks. We're going to talk about how God takes each of us as individual stones, as each indiv individual blocks. You can think about this building the church. And we become connected together with people of every color and every nation. And we're going to talk more about that in these upcoming weeks as we talk about what it means to really be the church. Not a building, but a connection of individuals who have committed their lives to one another. Now, there are two things I want to invite you to do through the remainder of this series, and I believe that they will help you to, uh, to, to get the most out of this series and to really understand that the church is not this physical structure, but that the church is you and me. So here's what I would really like you to do. So beginning today, uh, I want you to daily read one chapter from the book of Acts. I want you to read daily one chapter from the book of Acts. Now, the, the book of Acts is, is this story that helps us to see the early church, the early disciples. And there are, there are lots and lots of insights there that can teach us how the early disciples were the church before there was, an, before there was ever a church building. Okay, so simply read one chapter from the book of Acts starting today and every day read the next chapter. 
Now, there are a number of ways that you can engage in that daily reading, just to, to give you a hand. Uh, one is to join our Bible reading plan on the Bible app. Uh, we'll provide you with a link to that, or you can, you can use the handout that we're providing. Uh, either way, start today with Acts chapter 1. And before you get into reading Acts chapter 1, and I promise this will take you five minutes, okay? So I'm not asking you to invest a lot of time, but I'd like you to read Acts, start today with Acts chapter 1, and before you begin reading each day, just say a little prayer like, Holy Spirit, open my eyes and open my heart to see and receive your word for me today. Now, if you're so inclined, make some notes while you read, uh, write in the margins of your Bible, just in case your mother ever told you not to do that like mine did. I'm giving you permission to write in the margins of your Bible, but make some notes, okay? But here's, here's the key to this whole practice of reading one chapter every day through the remainder of the month of October. You ready? Simple thing. Do it. That's all. Just do it. And, and, and if you were one of those people who starts well, you know, you'll do Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and then the world gets going around you, may I suggest to you that you invite a friend to join you uh, because then that way you and your friend can encourage one another in that process. So the first thing I want you to do is daily read a chapter of Acts. The second thing I want you to do is, is daily pray for the church. To daily pray for the church. And, and we have written a, a prayer for this series that we want everyone to pray once a day, twice a day, however many times you want to pray it, because we believe that prayer is a powerful tool in our lives, and we believe that by each of us praying this prayer together, it has a way to unite us in our understanding and purpose as the church. So whether you pray it in the morning, in the evening, whether you pray it at every meal, however you may choose to do it, the key thing is we invite you to join in this prayer. So uh, I'm just going to invite you right now to, uh, to join me as I pray that prayer that I'm going to invite you to pray every day. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks for your church. From the days following your resurrection, you have established communities of faith to represent you in the world. Today, we pray for your church to be faithfully manifested through our lives, which are being transformed by God's grace. May we fulfill your great command to love one another in practical ways. May the testimony that we share in word and deed point others to you. And may our lives, as they reflect you, inspire people to become disciples of Jesus. Empower us by the work of your Holy Spirit to see the opportunities that lay before us. And may we join the Spirit in the work that is being done in our community and in the lives of those we meet each day. 
Oh, Jesus, may we seek to be united in our love for you and our love for others. Bind our hearts together for the purpose for which you have called us. And may your church know your favor in all we do. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Lingolstown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you will leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more at www.lingolstownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others.